Boyle Sports proudly sponsors the Greenwood and Mulliner Show. Join today and get £20 in free bets at boylesports.com. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. All things Newcastle United and that is what you are going to love in this episode. Me and Sam and talking to the Irish guy, Michael Ramsey, we've had him on previously very early on, but we wanted him on again as wanted to get his thoughts on all things Eddie Howe and Newcastle United. And Sam, it was a lovely hour. And if you're Newcastle mad, you'd love this, wouldn't you? Yeah, because you're just now essentially inviting your friends on again. What can I say? What can I say? I wish I had famous YouTuber friends who are definitely in the top tax bracket. Do you know what it is? It's a funny story how I met Ramsey, really, because... It was when I first started with, with the channel about three years ago, two and a half years ago, and he would normally speak to Lee, and then we just we just get kept, uh, kept talking and just having a bit of chatting. And literally, we played football against each other. We've got a mutual friend who organises five or side six a side every other week if we can if we can get the numbers and um, just kept in touch from there. But obviously, I've watched his stuff on HITC. Very very funny bloke. Very funny bloke. And. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's good value and he's very, very good at what he does. And, you know, he's done very, very well for himself with HITC. I know he's got his own uh, channel on the side as well. But um, he, he's a massive Newcastle fan, which for many, there's not many Irish people. You wouldn't have thought it though, would you? From, um, from from his HITC stuff, yeah. it's um, he hides it well. But like he goes on to say, he kind of separates himself from... Irish guy and uh, and Michael Ramsey, so it's fair play to him. Yeah, a lot a lot of respect for him. I do, I do have a lot of respect because it's not my world. It's not something I know a lot about, but you know, learning and yeah, the the following he's built up is 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 fantastic. But to be honest, I, I sh- we should have just clicked record because I was I was enjoying talking about service stations before we went live <laughs> and, and and did the show. I mean, we're having a, the the debate, which is like the equivalent of of debating who's the better Newcastle manager Kevin Keegan or Sir Bobby Robson which is which is the better service station T-Bay or Gloucester T-Bay see no no you can't say that because you've never been to Gloucester so I've I've done both so I'm the only one who with it with it I mean don't get me wrong whatever the outcome is it's 5149 it it's so close but yeah it, it's I mean, there's one near me uh, on the M6 toll, Norton Keynes, which used to be good, but it's not as good as it used to be. But so that's that's why it doesn't go in there in there in this argument. And I do have a soft spot for Oxford as well, but you know, I'm going to use your steer clear steer clear of Bridgewater because that is the worst service station you will ever go to in your life. Bridgewater is an absolute disgrace, and it should be condemned with a lot of explosives. Moving on, um, after the Service Station Roundup, if you want to see more of that, that's on a different podcast. It's Service Station's weekly hosted by Sam Norman. Maybe um, we could do that on an FTV extra. <laughs> I get about three views. I think that's about it, if we're lucky. But in all Quality, seriousness... not quantity. That's what I'm about. Exactly. Um, but in all seriousness, though, Sam, um, you know, Ramsey has got a lot of big opinions on Newcastle United. Some you agree with, some you disagree with, which is the good thing about debating football with football fans and sometimes you just need a chat like that for an hour just to basically see if you if, if you can get a different perspective on things 
It's like a talkie in the pub, which is what we did on Saturday before the game, and I had such a good day. I loved my day on Saturday. So, yeah, I, it's what everyone likes, and I hope everyone enjoys it and feels part of it who are, who are listening because everyone has their own opinions, and it's it's been a, a hectic six weeks really hasn't it and um a lot of a lot of change and a, a lot more change to come so getting different people's perspectives on it, it's always interesting very much so we're going to get more people's perspectives uh on on this topic on this subject with the next few guests which will Poor Christmas. be fantastic and we'll have to we've got to start planning the christmas special yeah so if you've got any ideas what you'd like for a christmas special get in the comments or if you want to email in us the or... comments is there a comment section on an audio podcast? Probably not, but if there is, mm. do it. If not, email us, go on, or tweet us, or Facebook us, whatever you want to do, and we'll, um, we'll try and pick us some ideas. But um, I'm sure it'll, it'll have some sort of Christmas drink in there as well. But mm. yeah. I think, to be fair, we've still got a few weeks, we've still got a few shows to go before we do that. Now I've got some good ideas to, uh, before around about that Christmas time where we might take a week off just before through Christmas and New Year because it, it does get very, very busy and it might be a bit impossible to get guests on. But um, I've got there's some good there's some good things in the in, in prospect, isn't there, Sam? Of course there is. That's what you come to expect from uh, from our show, which is eighteen months in. Something like that, isn't it? Gotta be. Yeah. What's this? Show sixty nine. So, so no, nowhere near eighteen months. <laughs> well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we are getting, getting there. there. So maybe well, you know, one and a quarter years, something like that. Still a long time. I think I've been with the channel uh, just under two years now. Because yeah. it was well, remembering second, Sunday. Second longest saving. Second longest saving. Um, and Newcastle fans TV member. Just one leave. third. Yeah, well, that's exactly that just tells it as it is. But um, before we go on, just a quick one: thirty thousand subscribers, Sam, on YouTube. When I came along, Newcastle fans TV were just under sixteen. I think we're about ten shy of sixteen thousand. It's more or less double since I've been there. And before we get this podcast up and up and up and going, rather, what a few months for the channel, but. The content, the quality of the content is just getting better and better. And I think, you know, Lee deserves a lot of credit for that. But everybody on the channel makes that, puts their little stamp on it. And that's why I think it's becoming more and more popular and seems to be more and more people like it. It's amazing how uh, this channel's grown in nearly two years. It's just a massive coincidence, surely. I don't know. No. When did you, what, how many subscribers were there when you came in? Don't know. Didn't look. Wow. Don't know. Didn't look. Didn't look because I wasn't. It's not my world. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't give a s. It must be about... another twenty. It must be another twenty. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I didn't give an s about subscribers or views. And some would say I still don't. That's that's very much Lee's wheelhouse. I'm just churning out great quality and content, and I still think I'm funnier than what I actually am. But Selavi. It's not necessarily because of the fact that the views and the subscribers, it's just the more than recognition. And it's a big number. And I think, obviously, we're getting to a stage now where, you know, we're getting, you know, a little bit more recognition than we used to do back in the day when I first came along. Lee was getting a lot of stick and a lot of criticism. And, and rightly so for that hair. No comment. 
Um, but it'd be fantastic to get your, th- uh, your thoughts on all things Newcastle fans TV. We're going to do a Q&A on the channel. It'll be probably around about the time when this comes out. So, um, oh, are you know, we? I hate yeah. that. Well, you're not, you're not invited then. You're not invited. You go and watch Bake Off or something. There you go. I'm going to. Spoiler alert, that does get mentioned. Um, <laughs> but I think it's about time we get this show and running for all the mad Newcastle United fans out there. And again, thanks to everybody's support on the channel. We do appreciate it. It is the Greenwood and Mulliner Show. And it is with Michael Ramsey. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. It's been a very, very busy weekend with all things Newcastle United. And the Irish guy, he wanted his say. He's a very quiet lad, if you don't know him, Michael Ramsey, right? But he wanted his say on all things Newcastle United. So me and Sam thought, what's better than anything on a Sunday night? And that's talking to him about all things Newcastle United. So it's a big pleasure of mine and Sam's to get Michael Ramsey, a.k.a. the Irish guy, of HITC Sports, on the Green and Moment Show. So welcome. Yes, back on. Second time running. Let's go. Let's go, all right? I'm ready to fend off any of these leading questions you, you have. All right, let's go. What's your about these questions, well, Sam? No, I mean, look, the the first time you were on, Ramsey, I I opened you with welcome arms, as Joe Willock would say, and I, I donned I, a scarf in your honour. But I think, but yeah, one one of the first questions I think was alluding to me having some sort of wings in my mansion. So, no, well, uh, no, no, it was more to do with your tax code, but. Um, I, I now I think you've got a bit of a nerve to show your face round here. Take a look at this. Last week, the club was knee deep in a relegation battle. They were mentally preparing themselves for another five years of Paul Dummett with another loss at Wolves. That game just absolutely sapped the life out of the Newcastle fans. Steve Bruce has to go now. Not January, not February, not March when it's too late. Now. Now. Look at them. They all look like they're on the verge of death. Yeah. <laughs> Explain yourself. I don't see what I'm. I don't see what I've done wrong here. Were you not on the verge of death after watching yet another Steve Bruce masterclass? No. What, what, did, did I say something wrong here? Were you all overjoyed with a two-one loss at Wolves? To be fair, I'm not so, to, I'm not so annoyed. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what. The guy who scored the two goals, Wang Hee Chan, it was annoying for me because I said on the channel that he'd be an absolute flop, and then he, um, yeah, absolutely carved through our defense like butter. But anyway. Well, who doesn't at the moment? Let's face it. Who doesn't carve our defence? True. The Chelsea right back nearly got a hat trick two weeks ago, so you're not wrong there. A, a genuine question, Ramsey. Do you find it difficult doing videos on Newcastle when it's gone wrong? Because obviously you are a Newcastle fan, big Newcastle fan. So how difficult do you find it when, say, we lose the rules to one and you it, you know it's part of your job where you kind of got to make videos about That's certain it. things and negativity towards Newcastle probably is a big hit for majority of other Premier League fans. Yeah, I think you'll find that Eddie Howe to Newcastle is embarrassing is a, is a video that went up a couple of weeks ago. But listen... Uh, I oh, don't worry, I've got a clip of that as well. Good, good. I'm the next Adam Pearson, so... Now, listen... Um, <laughs> I, no I, comments. I, I kind of chopped myself out of the Irish guy thing for HITC Sport. I kind of like... The Irish guy does not support Newcastle, right? The Irish guy does not have a club. But I, Michael Ramsey, of course I do. And yeah, I kind of just have to separate the two. I don't want to, because I don't want to be the the next true Geordie who just rants on about Newcastle every single week. You know, I have to be 
impartial, I suppose. But no, at the same time, I'm not. I'm not relishing when when we get beat for for anything. No, it still hurts. I mean, you must find some sort of positives that are going on lately. I mean, I don't know if you were at the um, the Spurs game. Obviously, the first the first game back after the big takeover. I know you were there takeover night because I was watching on longingly at, at work whilst um, everyone else was enjoying themselves. But you you yeah. must have you must have seen this at what from war flags and seen the new owners and big river and but mm. you must have it must have brought a tear to your eye at least surely. Oh, it was great. The first yeah, the first two weeks of this takeover was absolutely. Uh, you kind of had to pinch yourself every single day, didn't you? And I think for the first ten minutes against Tottenham, I was convinced. By the way, I, I was telling everyone that Newcastle would absolutely blow Tottenham out of the water. I say it would be. I thought I even thought it was going to be a bit like when we um, smashed them under Pochettino. When we got relegated, you know the five-one. I thought, yeah. I thought Tottenham players would absolutely crumble because, yeah, I was there take overnight and like what twenty thousand Geordies there for about six hours. I thought, yeah, well, first of all, I thought Steve Bruce wasn't going to be there. I think that maybe soured things, but also things were out of Newcastle's control in the fact that a man, you know, collapsed in the ground, and I think that naturally kind of just flattened the whole atmosphere, really. Um, I think we were two one down at the time, were we? So I mean, the defense, yeah. the defense still um, did their usual thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. You were there, Sam. You, I think I think I watched your interview, and you said that it was the first ten minutes were like nothing you'd ever experienced before, right? Because I was I was oh, in, I was in the bar underneath the stadium. I got that atmosphere, but that first ten minutes, especially when we went one 0 up after two minutes, that was nearly on a par with when we beat Sunderland five one, and I was in the Gallagher end that day. The yeah. noise, the noise was unreal. Yeah, um, and I think I think when it's an early goal like 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 that was, I think I compare it to I was at the derby in two thousand eight when Michael Owen scored two, and his first one was after three minutes. Now listen, this is my first derby when the when the players came out. The, the atmosphere was electric, waving the black and white sheets and everything. That was that was already crazy. So when he scored an early goal, it was like it, it just it doubles that. So I'd imagine that was what it was like when Wilson scored because everyone was still the adrenaline was still pumping throughout the whole stadium, wasn't it? It really was, wasn't it? You, you look at the obviously the following sequence. We lost the game three two, but obviously the, the the man in the ground obviously managed to recover. And that was probably the biggest win of the whole day, but. In terms of that performance, it just needed a change in terms of the top, in terms of Steve Bruce leaving. And he did leave, probably a game too many in terms of the new regime. But did you understand the new regime giving him that game, Ramsey? Because I think by the sound of it, they wanted to give him a couple of weeks until they could get a new man in. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to come in and just cut through everything with a knife within the first 24 hours or whatever. But I think I've heard some some theories that they wanted to give him the 1,000th game to be nice because he deserves it. But listen, if Newcastle go down by three points um, or, or, or two points or whatever, that, that's going to look like a pretty stupid decision. I'm not saying a new manager would have, you know, got Newcastle win over Tottenham. Probably not because the defence is still absolute uh, cottage pie. But I don't think, I think every single Premier League game is priceless and you shouldn't, you shouldn't just throw one away just to honour someone because it's his 1,000th game. I mean, if he wants that 1,000th game so badly, he'll go into another job and he'll get it for someone like Preston. So, uh, yeah. Manchester United. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Ex-pro. Now, they're in the business of hiring popular ex-players, aren't they? But listen, uh, 
Having said that, right? Having said that, if Bruce did go, then it would have been Graham Jones on the dugout, and I don't really think he's much better. To be fair, I mean, he's a good, he's clearly a good um, assistant coach. He, I didn't even realize he was uh, with the Belgium World Cup squad. Um, so clearly, he's got something in that role. But as a manager, he was sacked by Luton Town, wasn't it? So, yeah. and we've seen the last month or so, it's pretty much more of the same with him. So. I guess it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. It, the only way it would have made a difference is if we had, you know, maybe Eddie Howe lined up in advance. But if the whole thing happened so quickly, I probably wasn't possible, was it? No, and that, that's, that's the thing. I think yeah, that was the point I was going to make, that if Bruce, if Bruce wasn't... Because it was odd that Bruce was in charge, because it kind of... It didn't. The, the day was still a brilliant day against Tottenham, but it did kind of take that like maybe like one percent off it because it was just weird. Because everyone knew he's like a dead man walking anyway, that he was yeah. going to get sacked. But you are right; it would have been Graham Jones, and it probably would have been the same starting eleven with the exact same tactics. There was no kind of caretaker can manage a new manager bounce. I don't think we've had a new manager bounce since Glenn Roder. <laughs> yeah. When he trickles over the line into seventh, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we got European football off the back of that, didn't we? That was, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, or was it actually? Hang on, Rotor came in, yeah, 06 or 07. Yeah, seven. Seven. yeah, no, you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do understand, I suppose, because, yeah, you could have had Eddie Howe in there because he was unemployed and free on his couch, he could have easily walked into that, but clearly he wasn't first choice and they wanted to understandably scour about and. Have a look and see who they could get, and yeah, Uno Emery was clearly top of their top of their list. But I'm so gutted about that. Do you know what Ramsey? I said on Five Live weeks before Emery was even mentioned that I want yeah. Emery was my first choice, and I felt like an absolute freaking genius. Genius, yeah, yeah. I the saw that. Time. I saw that. The only time. For then forty-eight hours, I was super Jesus. But then, yeah. <laughs> Who is your number yeah. one choice, Ramsey? If it was up to you, who would you have wanted? Like, realistically, who do you think could have been your yeah, Realistically, manager? Yeah, I think the first few days, three or four days, I think everyone, they didn't know what to expect from the takeover, and some people were wanting Antonio Conte, Zidane and stuff. I I would love Jose Mourinho at Newcastle. Now, is it, re- is it realistic to go in and get him out of Roma at this stage uh, when he's just taken the job? Probably not. But, yeah, he would have been my, my dream number one. I think... Paolo Fonseca interested me because he plays a nice brand of football. He did it at Shakhtar Donetsk, did it at Roma. And yeah, Unai Emery, because that man's just all about trophies, isn't he? Uh, he would he would have been exciting. But I mean, he's not going to leave a Champions League club to to come with a project like this. And no no real top tier manager is going to do that. Like the way I'm, I'm mirroring this Newcastle takeover, the Man City one, and they had to persist with Mark Hughes for 18 months because... These top managers, they want to come in when it's exciting. You know, they don't really want to start at the bottom of the Premier League and work up. Just you know, so I suppose Eddie Howe is probably the best we could have got. But it's really annoying, isn't it? Because we could have got so, him without it. Are you are you starting to backtrack a bit on uh, on this in particular? So now, three weeks after the takeover, and the board are about to give the gig to Eddie Howe, someone who, when he smiles, looks like a twelve-year-old ultra boy. I mean, whatever about winning trophies. Newcastle right now are in a potential relegation battle, nineteenth in the league, and six points adrift of safety. And now, despite having a bottomless pit of cash, you're turning to the guy who just spent fourteen months sitting on the couch after steering Bournemouth back into the championship. Really, of all the luxurious, attractive names in football, like. 
Zinedine, Antonio, Jose, Raphael, and you're willing to give the gig to someone named after the dog on Frasier. Oh, very exciting. I'm sorry, yes, this guy is a ball-playing, intelligent tactician, sure. But it was clear to see the man was burnt out as a manager at 40 years of age. Yeah, you might say, Oh, it's no shame to be relegated with Bournemouth. Their stadium is barely bigger than a suitcase. Ah. I'm sorry, reality check? I mean, here's some of the talent he managed to drag into the second tier. Aaron Ramsdale, Nathan Ake, David Brooks, Ryan Fraser, Josh King and Callum Wilson. All of whom caught the eye of clubs in the top six. Every single one of them. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm gonna say exactly the same thing as I said after the first video. Ramsey, explain yourself. You bring me on this show out of, you know, out of, you, you, you lead me into thinking it's going to be a friendly chat. I feel like I'm being interrogated by the FBI. Explain your every move, your past movements from the... All right, listen. Um, everything I said in that video is true, by the way. He did get those players relegated, and he was burnt out by the end of his Bournemouth, Bournemouth spell. So, yeah. A relegation battle. We are in a relegation battle, and giving Eddie Howe that gig, it is a risk. Like, you can't tell me it's not. He, it's always a risk to hire someone who's just been relegated, because... He, that he, he could be done. Like, he could be... I don't know. I'm always risky. I'm always wary of, of wanting to go for managers when they've only really done it at one club. Like, Bournemouth might just suit him. Like, even living on the South Coast, I think that's part of the reason he didn't go to Celtic. You know, he could have... Some clubs are just fit. Like, he went to Burnley and it completely melted. Now, to be fair, he was only, like, 35. But, listen, I'm, I'm prepared to... I'm, I had to think about it, and Eddie Howe does play a nice brand of football, and we haven't had that for absolutely since probably the days of Alan Pardew when we had Haddon Benarfa, Dembabap, Happy Sisi going forward. Honestly, like even Benitez didn't play good football. So in that sense, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I watch his I watch his training session on the Newcastle website, and he looks he looks like a hands-on coach. He's yeah, let's let's see. All right, let's see, let's see what he can do. But I am a bit, I am still a bit nervous. I mean, it's. It is a relegation battle with, with with a man who's just been relegated. So, what about what about you guys? All right, what do you think? Um, I think I think me and, me and Sam spoke about when it happened, and I think we were both pleasantly happy. But I think we were both kind of what an Unai Emery because he, he knew it was between them two. And I think every I think at the time I think there was a poll. I think eighty seven percent of Newcastle fans wanted Unai Emery, and the thirteen percent wanted Eddie Howe. So. Of course, you're always going to look at what Eddie Howe and Unai Emery have done in football, and Unai Emery's resume or CV, however you look at it, is a lot stronger than Eddie Howe's on paper. But the question would be is, who's best book right now? And you said it before, would have, Unai, would have Unai Emery moved from a Champions League team to a team fighting relegation? It's a project, it's a completely new kettle of fish for Newcastle. And maybe, on hindsight, maybe Eddie Howe is the right man. However, I don't think Eddie Howe guarantees his safety, which is what Newcastle United needs. And even from yesterday, I think it'll be almost a miracle if he keeps us up with our defence. I don't know if you agree or disagree with any of that, Sam, but what, what's your take on Ramsey's question? No. It's, it's, not, it's not Eddie Howe which gives me confidence that Newcastle are going to stay up. It's not that. It's the January transfer window. Like, th this Newcastle defence will not be the same Newcastle defence in May. I can guarantee you that. There, there's, they're, they're going to splash the cash in January unless anyone can tell me different. This is, that's what they're going to do. I look back, I look back again. I'm mirroring Man City, but I look back to Man City's first January transfer window. Their form had taken a bit of a nosedive, and I think they were hovering about 15th by Christmas. 
And they went out this time, Shea Given, Craig Bellamy, uh, Wayne Bridge, who at the time was, you know, a pretty decent mid-table left back, and Nigel De Young. So, like, four or five real good mid-table quality Premier League players. If we do that and go out and get a... Ismail Assar, or James Tarkovsky, uh, I'd love Wilfred Zaha, by the way. Those sort of players. Add four or five of them in January, and this Newcastle team is 100% staying up. Because there's, there's already enough quality going forward. It's just, just get rid of, just reorganize, reshape the defense a bit. There's nine, games, there's nine games to go till January, though. That's the problem. It could already be all over by then. We, have, we still haven't won a game since Fulham away on the last day of last season, but this is again though this is the same defense that looks apart from Lejeune, who I miss I think about Florian Lejeune probably about twice a day. I miss him so much. Um and especially when I was witnessing Kieran Clark just turn one eighty degrees just to pass the ball back to Darlow numerous times yesterday, which oh god. But yeah, Florian Lejeune was just probably our best defender since Jonathan Woodgate and and yeah, I miss him dearly. But apart from him, it's the same defence that we had under Rafa and who they were rock solid. But it's it's just bizarre how they can look like you know, Europa League players to championship players in in the blink of a Steve Bruce eye, but well, the reality is the reality is that the, the defense probably always were championship players. It's just that Rafa Benitez is such a brilliant coach, one of the best in the world, that he was able to, yeah, make them look Europa League level. By the way, I must say, uh, saying that Lejeune is the best defender since Woodgate, slightly, slight disrespect of Fabrizio Colaccini, who, you know... No, but Colaccini was terrible at the start and terrible at the end. He had some good bits in the middle. And oh, I don't okay. like the way he left either, because didn't he go on strike to try and go back to San Lorenzo and whatnot? I don't forget that. Oh, granted, he was sublime in the middle, but... Yeah, yeah, it was kind of bookended by absolute uh, horrendous, um, yeah, patches of form. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But that that middle of this, that middle bit under party, yeah, that was brilliant. he was brilliant. And do you know what that that season in the championship probably did him a world of good. Same with um, Jose Enrique. Exactly. When we went down, Calacini was one of the first ones I wanted out the door because I thought clearly he's not suited to English football. But I think I remember yeah. didn't he get rid of Calacini and please keep Sebastian Bassong. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there, said, wasn't there like said Basong Day amongst the fans back then? It was crazy the hype, the, the amount of hype that man got. But um, yeah, Colaccini, just for just for we got, I just I remember that I think we were a month into the championship season. We go to Sheffield Wednesday, keep a clean sheet, and he scores the winner from a corner, wasn't it? And that was that was when he arrived. Good old good old Colaccini. Anyway, back on back on topic. Yes, of course. And we've got a question from Tom. Thank you very much, Tom, for this question. How? Is life living with Bamford's tattoo, Irish guy? For people that have been living under a rock, can you just explain this tattoo? And I've actually had the pleasure of seeing this tattoo. <laughs> what <Yeah>. happened? <laughs> what, 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 what was it again? I said that Leeds... Yeah, that was it. Because when Leeds came up and um, they were giving it the big one, saying, oh, we're going to do absolute bits in the Premier League under Marcelo Bielsa. And I said, hang on a second. You haven't... Yeah, it's been 17 years since you were in the Premier League. You've been to League One since then. Pipe down. So I said, if they finish top half, then uh, I'd get a tattoo of Patrick Bamford on my foot. And it was Bamford because he's um, he's another one who kind of led on the Irish national team until he was about 27, pretending that he might he'd consider playing for us, and uh, and then he didn't when he when he when he realized he was too good for us. But um, so yeah, yeah. Thankfully, because Aston Villa absolutely bottled their late season form, Leeds squeaked into the top half despite having a kamikaze <laughs> chaos brand of defending. And, yeah, Bamford on my foot. Good names. 
Is it a per, like a proper permanent ones, or is it like a permanent one that rubs off after like ten years? No, 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 no. When I when, when I'm laid to rest when I'm eight years old, they're gonna look down at my foot and they'll see Patrick Bamford smiling up with them with a violin on his left shoulder. All right, Sam, this isn't any laughing. <laughs> this isn't a laughing matter. It's <laughs> it's, 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 it's good. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Go back to Newcastle. Go back to Newcastle United, though. No, no, um, no, no. Well, yeah, kind of. But I think there should be. What? Where is Bamford on your foot? My left foot. Yeah. But again, so because I was right playing football foot. earlier. Because I was playing football earlier, my my calves are a bit tight. So I probably probably best to leave it on the ground. You know, it's I can't really lift it. <laughs> so you have to take my word for it, Sam. It's there. So on the right foot, then, if Eddie Howe keeps us up this season, shouldn't there be Eddie Howe's face? No, because I want Eddie Howe to keep us up this season. So I don't want to be I don't want to be betting again. No. You, none of that. Yeah, you know, but you just slagged him off for two you made a whole video of slagging him off saying what a ridiculous decision it was to hire him. Yeah, I was a bit emotional that day. All right. I was I wanted to do an Emery. Josie Mourinho, okay. I'm happy oh, to be proved wrong, all right. Fair and really, enough. I did everything I said in that clip, complete one hundred percent true. He did get Adam Hamsdale, Nathan Ake, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, and Josh King relegated, and he did spend twenty million on Dominic Solanke. So, just saying, He's, it's going to be interesting to see what how how he spends the money in January. Do you think he has any say in who comes into Newcastle United in January, Ramsey, or do you feel that the likes of a Michael Emanalo, uh, I think I pronounced mm. that, if I pronounce that right, I've always struggled pronouncing that name. Do you think that he has more of a say than Eddie Howe? Well, I think I think in every football club, I think it's never right if one man has the entire dictatorial say over something as important as transfers. Like Eddie Howe is the man who has to coach them. He's the one who has to, you know, blend his style of football. It always gets messy when directors of football just uh, say, you know, it's a bit like you know when. I know there was no director of football at the time, but Abramovich signed Andrei Shevchenko for Mourinho. That didn't work out. And in the end, Shevchenko was a flop and Mourinho left. And I think even Emanalo in his last job at Chelsea didn't he have a clash with Conte over the signings of Danny Drinkwater and people like that. So, yeah, it would worry me if it was just Emanalo calling, pulling, calling the shots. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it'll be a... Every, everyone signs stinkers, though, don't they? I mean, I was making this point yesterday in in um, before the game. Like Rafa got rid of Ivan Tony, scored against us yesterday. Adam Armstrong, now Premier League striker. Kevin and Babu, who would walk in at right back into our team now. I think we got like a combined three million quid for all of them. Yeah, and then he he signed Jesus Gomez, Matt Sells, and and some other rubbish ones. So no one's perfect. Obviously, Rafa's a genius, but like you say there, like how signed Solanke for twenty million. So you would hope he would wouldn't have all the say in transfers. Yeah, but I, again, I guess he did have good transfers as well. I'm sure he signed Wilson, Fraser, King, a lot of them. So he, yeah, he, Danny Ings, I think he even signed for Bournemouth for like a million quid or something, but. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Benitez actually because a uh, friend of your friend of the channel, uh, Clinton Ford. I remember he, I remember when Benitez was at the club. I used to always argue with him because he said, "Oh, Benitez isn't a savior. He made he makes absolute duds. He signed Jacob Murphy for twelve million pounds." So uh, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Yeah. That was our big sign in that summer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it took him about two years to realize that he's actually half decent. And the rest. 
Exactly. Exactly. And um, if there was one player, realistically, Ramsey, who you think Newcastle could get in January, who do you think it would be? My dream one is Wilfred Zaha. I would absolutely love that. I love. I Why? love. It's, it's a shock, but I love dribblers. All right, that's they're the one player. I absolutely <laughs> love. It's a shock. I know, but um, I just think Alan Samax. Alan Samaxman, all right. He's he's our danger player. Teams double up, um, double up when they mark him. If we have Alan Samaxman on one wing, Wilfred Zaha on the other, who's probably just as skillful. Oh, that would be that would be a dream. That would be. I feel like having two Banarfas in the same team. It would just be absolutely delicious. And Zaha has always confused me because I've always thought he's absolutely good enough for the top six. Like he belongs in the Champions League. The fact that he. He, like at our, he nearly went to Arsenal, but then they chose Nicolas Pepe. He was at Man United. They gave up on him too early. So I think he deserves to be at an ambitious club striving for Europe. And I think if we can sell the right project to him, say that within you know three years we'll be in the Europa League, then maybe he would come. And I don't think he'd cost the world either because he is, he is getting on a bit. And I think his contract's sticking down. So I would love him, even though obviously... <laughs> Obviously, we need defenders, but James Tarkovsky isn't quite as stylish, you know. It's not; it doesn't quite. Defenders aren't meant to be overly star. I mean, I know Lejeune was a Rolls Royce, but on 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 the when given the current situation, a Tarkovsky wouldn't be a bad thing. But I just worry that if you sign like a Zaha or or a Lingard, they're all kind of at that point in their careers now where they're after one final payday. And that's not what we need. We need people with their heart and souls for the cause. You could, that, you could, that just worries me. You could spin it like that, but I, I look at it from a, another way. Like with those two players, let's take those two players. Lingard, he wants to leave Man he's his contract talks are broken down at Man United because I think he wants to go back to like a West Ham, like a, a club where he can, you know, play every week and, and challenge for things. You know, whether that might be just fifth in the league or whatever. But and with Zaha, he's always said he wants to play in the Champions League. He's always said that he's always wanted to leave Palace. Yeah, Champions uh, League, not Championship. <laughs> I know that's how you know that's how we got to spin it to him right. All right, <laughs> keep us up this year, and you know, give it three. But no, I think I don't. I, I know I don't get a Chinese Super League vibe off those two. I think they genuinely do love football, and yeah, no, I, I'd take either one for sure. For sure, it'd be interesting to see what happens in January because. How much money are these owners willing to spend in this window? Because I'm sure they'll be thinking we don't want to spend too much, but we need to spend enough to stay in the division and then have a bit of a spree in the summer. But it'll be fascinating to find out. Um, let's talk about the game yesterday. Newcastle three, Brentford three. Had a little bit of everything yesterday. Newcastle started off fantastically well. Jamal Lasalle, who, let's be honest, has been getting a little bit of criticism from sections of Newcastle United fans, getting the goal early on. Ivan Tony, of course, he was going to score. He's the fifth, believe it or not. He is the 50th player to, who has played for Newcastle to send score against them later on. I, I can't... Is, I oh, can't sorry, actually, I'll tell, no, sorry, I'll tell you why. He's been 50 goals, not 50 players. Sorry. So that was the 50th goal that a player that has played for Newcastle um, previously oh, oh. has now scored against us later on. How many of them did Charles and Zogby score? About 10? Bellamy. <laughs> he was one. He scored against us all the time. West Ham, Man City, Liverpool... Oh, it was a game. With, now you mentioned Charles and Zogbeard. Remember uh, back in the day, in the first season back in the Premier League under Houghton, where I was at Wigan at home, and Charles and Zogbeard scored twice in the first half for Wigan. Luckily, Scholar and Colacini rescued a two-all draw against the mighty yeah. Wigan. 
I remember yeah, that. Drug beer. He was a shit, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't was. That just... time, wasn't that around the time we tried to bring him back? We did try to bring him back. Yeah, yeah we did. He went to Villa in the end, and we, we, all we saw from him at Villa was in a really fancy suit that we never saw again, and now he's just vanished off the face of the earth. So, um, yeah, interesting if, if anybody can ever get an interview with Charles and Zogby, I suppose. But um, going yeah. back on yesterday's game, Ramsey, after being 2-1 down and 3-2 down, is it a point gained or two points dropped under the circumstances? I think under the circumstances, I suppose, I'll obviously, we, we scored late to, to rescue a draw, so that would be a point. But I think, no, like there's so few winnable winnable games for the team bottom of the league. You have to be beating Brentford at home. They, they'd lost four in a row. They were in such a bad run of form. And, yeah, not only that, if we had sent them to a fifth straight defeat, that could have caused absolute eruptions in the in the Brentford boardroom because we saw what happened with Dean Smith and we could have right sucked them into the into the relegation battle with us. But, yeah, you'd have to call that two points dropped, absolutely. But, listen, they, you guys were at the game. What did you think? I'm, I'm curious to know, but did, did Eddie Howe look like he had any sort of effect on the play? Was it, oh, yeah. was it different? Yeah. Go on, Sam, get your thoughts on that. It was. It was actually the first Ooh. game I've seen this season that was entertaining. It was two points dropped because... What do you mean, oh? You just kind of lagged a second. Oh, sorry. I thought you would like said saying like two <laughs> points dropped was remotely controversial. Well, it wasn't because Carl Darlow cost us the game. If Dubravka would have played, we would have won that game. No two ways about it. But um, it, it was nice. It was attacking football. I mean, some of the passing uh, displayed. I mean, John Joe Shelby must have been studying tapes of Johan Caboy all week because some of them passes he were pulling out was absolute filth. And Ryan Fraser off the bench as well was was played like, you know, Ryan Fraser. Wingers on the wing, doing winger stuff. Yeah. Who would have thought it? And he made, not only did he get a, a perfect cross in for ASM's equaliser, but a last-ditch tackle. I mean, he's only four foot three, but to, to get a last-ditch tackle in the, like one of the last minutes of the game in their penalty area, so if he'd have Efton jeffed it up, it would have been a penalty to Brentford, but it was a perfectly timed tackle. It was brilliant, but there was obviously some defensive issues, but there was it was a lot more watchable, wasn't it, Johnny? It was, and you could, like, going back to Ramsey's question, you could see Eddie Howe's fingerprints all over this team in, mm. in terms of how they wanted to play. In the sense of, in at the back, you look at it, it was five at the back, when you looked at the at the first uh, 10, 15 minutes, it was three at the back for most of it. Ten. I actually thought at times it was more of a 3-4-3 three, three throughout the game than it was five at the back. And I think that actually suits us against the teams like a Brentford at times, especially going forward. But defensively, every single time Brentford went forward, and I have to mention in, in Bremo for Brentford, I thought he was absolutely superb for Brentford. He anticipated every time that the ball was going long, if Brentford had to go long, that Tony was going to win it. And Tony, to be fair, won about 80-85% of all the first balls in the air. Like, the cells shot and Matt Hume was going up against him. He was winning it. And um, I thought Umbrella was a real threat for Brentford. I thought it was causing us a lot of problems throughout the game. But the two centre-halves for Newcastle United were talking about pre-match because we thought it was going to be four at the back and it surprises all of the three centre-backs but I think it just shows even in the 10, 12 days that Eddie's, Eddie Howe's had at Newcastle he still believes that they, they need an extra defender, they need an extra centre-half in there for Newcastle to get anything from the game 
but we're all kind of um and on going, well, who's the best back two or the best back three? Now, Cher came in, and a lot of people were saying, yeah, Cher played well. Some people were saying Cher didn't play very well at all. So I, I, I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was the worst defender. I thought, I thought Kieran Clark, I thought Jamal Lascelles was worse than Fabian Cher. Yes, I thought Jamal Lascelles scored a good goal. But I didn't think overall, I thought Tony had the better of him for most of it. I know he was trying to stick to all share as much as he could, but um, it was fascinating. But two points dropped. I, I left the game frustrated because we should have won the game. We should have won the game. And quite rightly, if Carl Dahlen decided to use his hands for the first goal instead of his feet, then we might have actually got three points in it. And especially look at the other results apart from Leeds and Burnley to an extent, the results didn't really go for us. So, um, there is, there is Eddie Howe's fingerprints on this team, Ramsey, but massively two points dropped. I think from if you look at the, the goals we conceded, Ramsey, they're really poor goals to give away. Yeah, yeah, and especially, especially poor old Darlow. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a weird. Was he going? Was it, your theory is that he was trying to go with his legs, right? Because to me, I, he just looked like he just he just completely crumbled for the for that first one. It's. I think we need to get a new keeper in, I think. Uh, I think when you're in a situation where there's no outstanding number one... Now, listen, I know Debrapka has been injured and all that, but I think it's been umming and eyeing for the last year. It's it's Dar- Darla was in this time last year, wasn't he? When he had that game of his life against Liverpool, the nil-nil. Debrapka's back in then, and it's Freddie Woodman. I think when you're in that situation, when you've got three... I don't rate Dubravka the same way other Newcastle fans do, especially not after Euro 2020 when he had the absolute howler of his life against Spain. But I think when there's when there's three goalies who are all around the same level, you just got to go out and sign a one who's just a, just above that above that tier. Again, I go back to Man City, right? I mean, Joe Hart was an excellent young Man City keeper coming yeah. through, but they went on signing Shea Given because he was Premier League quality and and he did a job for them for a couple of years. So. Would you take Dean Henderson, Ramsey? There's a couple of people in the comments saying Dean Henderson seems to be leaving. Would you take him? I would. Yeah, I think that's the obvious choice. I think he, he very much impressed for Man United last year. Like, I know De Gea has mistakes in it, but if you're keeping him out of the team for a good four or five months, you've clearly got something about you. And he needs first-team football. It was only last year he linked with a £50 million move to Chelsea before they got Edward Mendy. So, well, yeah. Yeah. The the news breaking today of Ali being sacked is probably really bad news for anyone eyeing up the kind of players like a Dean Henderson, a Lingard, a Van der Beek, because with a new manager coming in, all of a sudden they've got a chance again. Um, and just to the point uh, that Sonny made in the comments there, Joe Linton was an absolute beast for 70 minutes and then he, he, he'd, he'd ran his race. I said on the, on the post-match videos, if he'd have been taken off after 70 minutes, he would have been man of the match. But And it would have been... Well, it was his best performance in a Newcastle shirt. He was he was an absolute monster, and he did trickery. I I I was sat next to to Liam at the match, and we saw some of the tricks he was doing. I put them on Twitter on our NFTV Twitter page today, and I still don't believe it. <laughs> it, 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 it it was ridiculous. I don't I didn't know what I was watching. It was it was fantastic, but um, his race was run after seventy minutes. He was absolutely fucked so he should have been hooked off i just don't know where where he got the confidence after you lash in that goal i mean it's like you do that when you're in form you do that when you're when you're you're playing well it's he's great to see that 
It was great yeah, yeah. to see him playing with a bit of confidence. It was, and it was really he deserved that goal as well. But the one where he just fell over to win us the game at the end was absolutely gut wrenching. The actual idea of what he was meant to have done was actually really, really good. Take it mm. on his back, his right, get the defender slip on the goal on his ass, left foot, other side of the goalkeeper. You could see it. You could picture what he wanted to do. But what, what, would you argue, Sam, in particular, as you were at the game, that was Joe Litton's best performance in a black and white shirt yesterday? Yeah. By mile, by mile. If if, I mean, f- for me, like Shelby just got man of the match for me yesterday. But if if Joe Linton would have been taken off after seventy minutes and not had that misdemeanor at the end, and he was almost like he was clearly knackered, and he was almost like playing centre mid for the last fifteen twenty minutes, which was odd. Um, yeah, he, Joe Linton would have been man of the match, and he he would have probably got an eight, nine, ten. Nine or a ten in scoring the players, he was that good because the way he was dragging in players, players. um, um Brentford players and making them look silly, and and not only that, but holding the ball off and actually for a change, getting his pass away and building an attack, which is unheard of when um Steve Bruce was in charge. So I, I don't know about you, Ramsey, but is is there hope for him yet? Yeah, hundred percent, especially after a performance like that, like. I'm actually quite excited to see to see what Jolint is like under a new, modern, uh, progressive, forward-thinking coach because we've only ever seen him under Steve Bruce. Like, yeah, let, let's say we did. There, there clearly must be a player in there. I didn't watch him at Hoffenheim, but there must be if they were able to demand forty million pounds for him. And and us under the Mike Ashley stringent, keep your money in your pocket. We actually agreed to pay that. There must be a player in there. So and he's from Brazil. So come on, must have some flair in him. <laughs> One question I would like to ask you, Ramsey, is about Newcastle's defence. And we talk about the defence needs reinforcements. But if you were a manager of Newcastle, would you go with a four at the back, a three at the back, a five at the back? And who would you put as your main centre-half? Because a lot of people are asking for Federico Fernandes back in the team. Obviously, with Saul Florian Lejeune, which was heartbreaking for some Newcastle fans, including myself and Sam. But Keenan Clark isn't having the season of his life. Uh, Fabian shares only played a handful of games, and again, there has been a lot of criticism of Jamal Lascelles. Who do you think right now is Newcastle's best centre half pairing, all three? If you want to be the third formation, wise, I'll go with a pairing, and I'll go again. None of them are none, none of them really stand out. But what I will say about Fabian Shar is I'm, I'm so disappointed with how it's turned out for him. He he at one stage looked like he was gonna look like our best. Um, you know, the modern-day Philippe Albert. Like, he was scoring wonder goals against Cardiff. He was popping up with um, against Burnley. I was there behind the goal, absolutely smashing the roof of the net. I thought he was going to be our outstanding centre-half going forward, but it just hasn't happened for him. I think, I suppose, Fernandes, he's probably let us down the least, I would say. He's a back two of him and Lascelles, but really, I don't want to be doing that. I want to be going out and signing a new centre-back, or even maybe two in January. Like, we can't keep persisting with this. There's a reason we're bottom of the league, so... Yeah, like James Tarkovsky is the obvious choice, I think. He's been linked to leaving Burnley every year for the last three or four years. So he's the obvious one, really. And, and maybe get someone to go beside him. Now, I don't know. It's a brave call to, to leave Lascelles on the bench then. And I don't know, would that cause reductions in the camp? Because you know what Lascelles is like. Every two weeks, he's getting into fights with someone. So I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Would you would you, would you guys think about lumping Lascelles now mid-season or Speaking of well, just on fights, like um, I'd I'd love to see him square up to Jason Tindall. I mean, he's got the death stare that could absolutely just freeze anyone. <laughs> he looks terrifying. Um, 
but uh, uh, yeah, as as Jan rightly put in the the, the commenter, I think we've been linked to the, that chap from Bayern Munich, Sul. Is it pronounced Sul? I don't know. Sul, yeah. Sul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, like yesterday, look, Richie, like five players in that starting eleven: Darlow, Richie, Lascelles, Clark, Shelby. Uh, Have I said Shelby? But anyway, f- five of them. One was starting for Newcastle in the Championship. Five years ago, yeah. So there just has to be fresh impetus in there. It just it just has to be. It's it's just it's, it's gone about, stale. About, I mean, I'm, I'm all for them staying there, and and I'm all right if one gets injured. Then you bring in oh, dumb it. Oh, he's yeah, he was in the championship with us as well. But yeah. you're not a fan of either, are you, Ramsey? Of which dumb it and dumb it. No, no. Uh, well, he's you know he's he's an easy target, isn't he? It's Paul Dummett. He's uh the modern day Stevie Ta- Stevie Taylor. Although that's doing a massive injustice to Stevie Taylor because some people forget he was a careful sensitive. friend of the show, Stephen Taylor. I'll have you know. I'm sticking up from here. Back around 2009 ish, he was uh yeah pretty good, pretty good Stevie. And 2011 when he got on when he was it 2011 it was when we went unbeaten for like the first 10 games and it was him and Colaccini at the back. Pretty sure, yeah. No, Steve said it was good. Paul Dummett, not so much. But listen, he scored he scored in his debut against Liverpool. So I was at that game. So it was a good day, very good day. And the and the chance of I don't care, Paul Dummett was born. Yeah. Moving on. Um <laughs> no, it, what uh, midfield as well, why we've got you, uh Ramsey. John Joe Shelby was single, well, well, him and Joe Linton were both mentioned by Eddie Howe in his press conference before he tested positive for COVID. And it seemed to really galvanise John Joe Shelby's performance yesterday. No Isaac Hayden, no Sean Longstaff, and Joe Willick was next to him. Mm. Like I say, Shelby wasn't my man of the match, Joe Linton was, but he had a fantastic game. And there was one little moment in, this, in the first half where he wins the ball back after a couple of kind of tackles and just plays a ball to the, like a, uh, one of these old Hollywood balls, if you like, to ASM, switches the play straight away, and we've got the counter attack. That was, it was brilliant yesterday. Um, my question is, do you rate John Joe Shelby? And secondly, who's his best part in next one? Because it looks like it's going to be Shelby and somebody else. Yeah, I rate John Joe Shelby. I always have. Um, he was at Liverpool Swansea. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant on the ball, and he's had some fan, absolutely fantastic games for Newcastle. Like, Man United at home when Richie scored the winner. Pretty sure I remember Shelby being absolutely immense in that game. It's just, and obviously in the championship, he's brilliant every week. But yeah, to be fair, he, he has a, he gets a bad reputation as being this sort of a modern day Julian Barton. I don't think he's been sent off since that Deli Ali stamp about four years ago. So he's curved that. When he's on his game, he yeah, got sent he off has... the other week. Oh, you're right, he was. <laughs> 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 I'm tired, lads. All right, let's play the living aside. And yeah, all right. he was, yeah, okay. But before that, before that, he definitely curbed his, his um, yeah, his red cards. No, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a, on his day, he's a brilliant player, and I do rate him. Um, uh, I know he divides a lot of people, but I think it's good to hear that Eddie Howe rates him and he believes in him and he wants to make him this sort of quarterback metronome, uh, ball sprayer because he's got that in him, like, yeah, absolutely. I'm I hope I hope we do get a lift off season from Shelby where he can be consistently brilliant every week for for a season. That would be nice with him. As for his best midfield partner, uh, Isaac Hayden. I mean, we're still we're still we're still reaching into players that uh, I don't. We we kind of need to be upgrading on like 
uh, listen, Hayden's done brilliantly to battle back from go back two years ago. Uh, he wanted out. Newcastle fans wanted him out. There was that nasty red card against Cardiff. And I remember, I think after the FA Cup game against Blackburn at home, it was a draw, wasn't it? And I remember the Magpie Channel. I met them that day, and they were they were, they were telling me how much they absolutely hate that man. He's so he since he since turned that around. And it's great to see. He's clearly he's clearly um, sorted out his personal problems. So yeah, he's he, he's done really well. But again, we need to be upgrading if we're if we got all this money now. We do, and I think we should go out and sign a, another midfield partner for Shelby. Uh, who that is, uh, you'd have to have a proper think. But boy, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm disappointed you haven't leapt to the uh, defence of your fellow countryman Jeff Hendrick. But what what do, what do you think about like Sean Longstaff and Joe Willock? Because Joe Willock was supposed to be the upgrade. Yeah, he was. We, we haven't really seen the Joe Willock of of last season, have we? Where he was, <laughs> I honestly thought he was in with an outside chance of the England squad. He, he he scored every week for about two months straight. Was it seven games in a row? Ridiculous. Uh, I think I think I think it's a confidence issue with him for the first. Uh, few months of this season like he's clearly a very talented player if we can see if we if we can see what he was in may april or even what he was at arsenal uh, in the europa league and FA cup when he, when he took his chance very well then, then yeah maybe but listen i just i just want upgrades i want upgrades in january i don't want to i don't want to keep you know having mental gymnastics over fitting in jeff hendrick or sean longstaff or anything no, I just, I just want new players. I don't want to keep persisting with the same squad. And you guys must feel the same, surely. Uh, I, I personally do. I'd love to see reinforcements and good reinforcements. I just hope that they get it right. They need, I, I would like a director of football in before December, which is probably cutting it a bit fine. I think they need somebody in at least three or four weeks before this window's open so they have a bit of a plan going into January. And... A common question at the minute, Ramsey, I just were just a few of the comments that we can see is about Sean Longstaff. I thought he was really poor when he came on yesterday. I really did. I thought he gave the ball away in the first couple of touches. It just didn't look fit. He just literally just off the pace of the game. And it was really, really disappointing because that's again first impressions with the new manager. He would have obviously would have been watching the game in some capacity. Um didn't dodgy play strain. Yeah, dodgy stream. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. No illegal streams. He wouldn't. He definitely would have watched the highlights on the match of the day later on. That night. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, so long stuff. He's he's only he's only got the end of this year, end of the season, and he's out of contract. Would you offer him a new contract, Ramsey, if you were in charge? If if there was no takeover, sure, absolutely. But with the takeover, probably not. To be honest, I, like I don't. I want I, I want to be fair to Longstaff because. He's come out recently and said that he was battling some mental health problems like this time last year. He, he said, I don't know if you guys saw saw the article where he, he basically broke down over over coffee with his dad and, and Maddie in a in a time of time of bar or something like that. But it clearly I think I think the Man United links did not help him one bit because I remember even at the time when that when we were quoting 50 million for him in the summer of 2019, he even said when he was asked about it, this this could this this is this is life-changing um speculation. Something like that. When he said that, I thought, oh, okay, this is in his head now. He's he's not equipped. He's not equipped to just uh, bat off this massive transfer speculation. He's only just he's only just made his debut, and I think that would have scrambled with him. Suddenly, he's thinking, should I be playing to impress? Should am I that good? Will I be playing for England? Am I am I the next Declan Rice sort of thing? And I think that that must have just fried him. Like, I hate to be proven right. 
Uh, but I know I slag off every player, but when Longstaff came in originally and everyone was fawning over him, that £50 million price tag, I just had this feeling he, he was shining in a pretty mustard Newcastle team. He's, and I just thought, give it five years. Is he going to be this England warrior playing for a top four club? I don't think so. I th- Honestly, I really think that Man United links did a massive damage. Re- mm. it, it, it just completely fried him. And I think he's been struggling to get back to that early 2019 form ever since under Rafa and I mean it doesn't help that Benitez to Bruce is a massive downgrade in itself would I offer him a contract I don't think he I don't think he will to be honest I mean both long staff seem to be getting forgotten about pretty quickly like Maddie was supposed to be the next ball playing big thing as well but I mean I don't know how he's doing at Aberdeen but I don't think it's I don't think it's pulling up any trees yeah, just just to kind of just quickly come in, Sam, before I let you ask the next question. Like, I didn't actually know that story. So, again, it, it, it does put it into perspective a little bit. If you, if you, like I say, we've done a lot of things with be a game changer and the mental health kind of uh, the stories as well. So, maybe even just even myself, just in the last couple of minutes, you, you've got to kind of think a little bit more because it, it can affect people. And, uh, you know, you obviously don't want them to fail. Like, I don't want them to fail, but I'm obviously, I'm just judging on what. Happened yesterday, he wasn't good yesterday, but of course you want him to do well, Sam, don't you? I am a big Sean Longstaff fan. His form has been so up and down. And like when he did first break into the team under Rafa and had that spell, he did look every inch a £50 million player. No, no doubt about it. And he did look like a future. I thought I'd always, he just reminded me of Michael Carrick. Um, which is what Man United probably still need, to be fair. <laughs> I know they've got... Yeah, they got him next but... week. He's in the dugout. Well, yeah, there is that, granted. But, um, yeah, so yeah, he has fallen off, fallen off a, a, a bit of a cliff. And I, I, I do I do agree with everything Ramsey said about the Man United move. He, 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 probably, want, he probably needed it to happen for to not get a mental block about it because... Who wouldn't have gone to Man United in that situation? Because Newcastle were going nowhere. Rafa, we all kind of secretly knew in our heart of hearts, probably wasn't going to stick around without a takeover happening, which which seemed nigh on dead anyway. So you wouldn't have blamed the lad for going for fifty million, and we would have obviously Mike Ashley would have snapped your hand off for fifty million, so he could buy another failing i mean he, he probably would have bought pony or something or not 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 a pony as in pony i mean that's a great cultural reference for anyone over the age of 31 but um you know you'll know what i mean but yeah i, I just it, it it's going to be a big big few months for him because this is this is now where he's really got to prove himself isn't it because like like you say johnny that He's out of contract at the end of the season, and it's not like it was before, where it doesn't matter how you were playing, you'd get a new deal anyway. Look at Dwight Gale, two and a half years left on his deal. Oi, oi. So it, 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 I just, I want him to do well because I do think even going forward, when if we do ever spend the multi-million pound, that you still need a bit of Geordie in there just because it's Newcastle United. Let's face it. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Of course, everybody wants to, uh, like, like I say, so John Hall said in an interview years ago, I'd love it's uh, 11 Geordies playing for Newcastle one day, and that would be a dream for a lot of Newcastle fans. I think every Newcastle fan, let's be honest, would love to see that one day, one game. Um, I'll finish up the last couple of questions. Um, I just want to quit, I'll quickly mention as well, uh, 
Ramsey's doing a charity game, 24-hour charity game. I don't think you're playing the full 24 hours of this um, hashtag game, but uh, do you want to just tell a little bit about it and will you pass? <laughs> I will not pass. No, this is my this this is my moment, Johnny. All right, no one's getting the ball off me. All right, I have to show them all how good I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, listen, it's uh, hashtag United. I'm sure everyone knows them. Um, massive, massive uh, football. Oh, I'd say massive football. Massive YouTube. We're a massive YouTube team, and, and now um, uh, somehow managed to to, to ingrain themselves in actual actually the actual football pyramid. So fair play to them. Uh, yeah, they're they're bringing out a they're doing a twenty four hour football match five aside in London, and it's it's for um, it's for November. It's obviously for uh, raising money for men's testicular cancer and also uh, mental health, which I know you guys do a lot of stuff at Newcastle Fans TV. Such an important topic, and yeah, all proceeds go to that. Uh, it's it, it's crazy. It's it's, it's basically 24, 24 hours from Monday six pm to Tuesday six pm. I've got a 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. slot, and no, Johnny, I'm not passing the ball, all right? Sorry, Joe, <laughs> Weather, all right? You stand over there in the corner, please. No, Willie, all right? Just sit back and watch, all right? Sam won't like it. Maybe you don't tune in for this one, Sam. No, no. I mean, you irritated me greatly when I had to, uh, when I watched the video of us lot against the, the, the Sunderland fan TV. I mean, it, it's a good job. I wasn't there. I, it was a good job I had to work that day because choice words would have been aimed at you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know some of the other lads at NFTV like who don't know you that well I, that well that that kind of bit their lip. But my word, man, just pass. Uh, yeah, maybe I should have. But listen, we won three two. Hello. Did I? Did you enjoy my little tweet that I put out the day after I clipped up the scene from goal when uh, yes. Santiago Munez was going <laughs> through and, and uh, yes. the manager Eric Dornhelm was going pass pass I did, I did enjoy that it's not the first time someone has referenced that scene to me yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah I always, I always have a goal clip Sam it was a good one <laughs> yeah it was very good we're going to try and do something with them there next year as well so we might get you involved Ramsey <laughs> by the way weirdly by the way I was just looking at the comments HITC Sport just commented saying, big up Irish guy. Who's got my password? All right. That's, who's, <laughs> who's doing this? Is it James back from the dead? Anyway, go on. Yeah, we're going to try and do something for Be A Game Changer again. Obviously, the last game was more for recognition of who they are and what they do. And we're going to try and do something with raising money. We've got, we've got some ideas, me and Sam, in general. But uh, we're very, very proud to be doing so for the campaign and the Newcastle United Foundation is really, really uh, enjoyable. And again, if, if you can help anybody, then that's enough for us, for, def, for definite. Um, final question for you, Ramsey. Favourite service Newcastle... station? No. <laughs> for those Do who don't Newcastle... know, before we, before we click live today, we were, we were talking about service stations. <laughs> What's my favourite one? I don't drive, so it's to me they're all the, the actual... Nothing. No, I can't. I can't oh, answer that. No, no, no. You were about to say they're all the same then, but no, 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 no. Sam, what I will, I do have a question for you though, Sam. What um, what was your thoughts on on good old Jurgen? All right, you know who I'm talking about. It's not Klopp. Jurgen, Bake Off. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there no. we go. No. Finally, to exist. Get to there. Yeah. 
I mean, right, we're, we're doing another Greenwood and Mulliner show on Tuesday as it goes, but we're doing it at four o'clock because it's Bake Off <laughs> final at eight. But, oh. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. But uh, I don't know. It was it was an odd one, wasn't it? Very yeah, odd. I was, I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, I, I thought... Um, I thought it yeah. was going to be someone else. I thought it was going to be the girl. Um, her yeah. name, of which completely escapes me. But I've um, said, it, I've said, it, I, this is last I've said that, but I've said it all along. I, even from the first episode, I thought it'd be Giuseppe versus Jurgen final two. But now, listen, I, I've been team uh, Giuseppe from from day one. So uh, yeah, that's uh, I've nailed my colours to the mask pretty early. So yeah, we, we and, and yeah, Sport has just commented back. It's James here. He said he was supposed to be on his Lexbo camp, but thought this would be funner. Yes, you're right, James. It is. You got me, all right? I thought someone had hack, actually hacked the channel. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive and kicking. Um, no, yes. last question for you, Ramsey, as we wrap things up. Will Newcastle United stay up this season? Yes. Yeah, they will. Why? January transfer, January transfer window is going to save the club. Uh, if, if there was no transfer window, yeah, I'd be, I'd be really, really worried. But again, it mirrors Man City. They went out and signed five quality mid-table players. We do the same. If we're sensible, head screwed on and go out there and get the players that we need, reinforcements in defence, and maybe maybe a Wilfred Zaha going forward. Well, yeah, 100%. 15th. That's my prediction. 15th. It's not a bad prediction. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast if they've missed it on YouTube? Uh, the, the link is in the description and it's available on every podcast outlet you can name, I think. And uh, if you're on iTunes, please hit the five-star review. And come to think of it, every time there's been a multi-billion pound like takeover, like Chelsea and Man City, they just sign Wainbridge and Sean Wright Phillips. So maybe we should just <laughs> sign them pair and we'll be broadly fine. Uh, weirdly enough, Sean Wright Phillips is, he has a son, uh, Demarjo Wright Phillips, uh, which is, which really? makes Ian Wright a granddad. Crazy. He's only about 50, but yeah, go get Demarjo then. All right. Keep it in the family. Bring on the right. Hopefully he's like his granddad. Um, anyway, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on Ramsey again. Thoroughly enjoyed this hour. You've been on before. Definitely have to get you on again, maybe at the end of the end of the season or some uh, or some. If ever we have another week of uh, difficulty booking people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you need a go on. No, I was just going to say, but saying that, just for everybody that's listening, we do have some fantastic guests in the line. We've got two booked for the next couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. And but when I say you don't want to miss them, you definitely don't want to miss them for sure. Uh, but Ramsey, a big thanks to yourself. And where can everybody see you and your content? You've got a couple of channels, haven't you? Not just HH. Yeah, but it's way bigger than ours. So why is he why is he plugging his vastly bigger channel on our channel? On all right, let's do that, Sam. All right, thank you, Johnny. All right, for giving me this opportunity. All right, yes, HIDC Sport, go over, please. And the Irish guy typed that in. But also, while we're here, go sub to Alexpo because I've seen James in there. All right, formerly of HITC. Smashing things at Alexpo. So just go subscribe to him. Go on. What a lad. Anyway, that, that, that's my free. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Sam. Not a problem. Not a problem. Well, a big thanks to Michael Ramsey. A big thanks to Sam Mullen, as always. And we'll see you all very soon. <laughs>